Father, we come to you in Jesus' name, and we do love you today, and our hope is in you. And Father, I know that, that there's been lots of things going on in our lives, and we've seen you move mightily in those things. And Father, we've seen you love on us. We've seen you come after us. We've seen you heal us. And Father, you are our hope. You are everything. And Father, we love you so much, Lord. And Father, we thank you for your presence in the house today. And Father, we ask that you forgive us when we take you for granted. And and Father, help us to recognize and give you the glory due you. In Jesus' name. Father, if anyone in here today doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, I ask that they would choose you today. Father, if there's anyone in here that's not completely sold out to you, Lord, I ask that they would be today. But Father, I ask that you move mightily upon me and bring me closer and that you bring us all closer to you today. Father, get our flesh away and get more of your spirit into us. In Jesus' name, amen. Joe, you want to set that table up for me, please? And uh, you guys may be seated today. The, I'm going to read to you today out of First uh, Samuel 21. But as you're going there, you can follow me online or uh, follow the notes. In the actually, you're going to probably have more sermon notes than I'm going to share today in the church app. You can look that up by downloading the church app if you would. But these are the four points the Lord put on my heart today. The believer is anointed. And if you've accepted Jesus Christ, then you're a believer. And so, man, you got to watch these two, man. They're carrying some some things around there. Um, The second thing is do not neglect your anointing. The third thing is God does not revoke his anointing. And the fourth thing is return and stay close to the anointing. And we're going to use David's life and continue in that theme about David and and how God used him and anointed him from the, 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 the very beginning he was anointed to go out. And we're going to talk about that today and 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 kind of go over some things maybe we talked about in the past. But I believe the Lord wanted us to speak on dominion because the enemy has come after uh, the church and he is going to continue to come after the church. And I don't mean just Oakton, I mean the the church in general. And we're going to get into that in a little bit as well. Uh, We had some trouble with our main system online. It looks like we're going back to basics here through a phone. And so I welcome those that are watching online and we thank you for joining us today. And again, God will get his word out to you one way or the other. So anyhow, I want to thank Joe and Dayton and all the guys and gals that's worked together to get this accomplished today. First um, Samuel 21, 1. And today, just uh, I told you last week I was going to talk about swords and, and the anointing and how the sword represents that anointing. And we see that again in this scripture today. And so again, 1 Samuel 21, 1, and we're going to read through 9. Then David came to Nob, to Amalek, the priest, and Amalek came to meet David, trembling, and said to him, Why are you alone and no one with you? And David said to Amalek, the priest, The king has charged me with a matter and said to me, Let no one, uh, let no one know anything of the matter about which I send you. 
in which I have charged you. I have made an appointment with a young man for such and such a place. Now then, what do you have on hand? Give me five loaves of bread or whatever is here. And the priest answered, I have no common bread on hand, but there is holy bread. If the young men have kept themselves from women, and David answered the priest, truly women have been kept from us as always when I go on expedition. The vessel of the young men are holy even when it is an ordinary journey. How much more today will their vessels be holy? And that right there had preached it itself. Uh, they were not only holy when they needed to be holy, they were holy all the time. A lot of times we get more holier when things are hitting us and we press into God and we get more spiritual. And David was saying they keep themselves all the time. Verse 6, so the priest gave him the holy bread, for there was no bread there but the bread of the presence, which is certain, or presence, let me get this bigger, which is before, uh, removed from before the Lord to be replaced by hot bread on the day, and it is taken away. Now a certain man of the servants of Saul was there that day, detained before the Lord. His name was Dog, the Edomite, the chief of Saul's herdsmen. Then David said to Amalek, Then have you not here a spear or a sword at hand? For I have brought neither my sword nor my weapons with me, because the king's business required haste. And the priest said, The sword of Goliath, the Philistine, whom you struck down in the valley of Elob, behold, it is here wrapped in a cloth behind the epoch. If you have, If you will take that, take it, for there is none but that here. And David said, there is none like it, like that, give it to me. And, and what I wanted to get into today is I believe that the swords, uh, David, these swords represented and reminded David about an anointing. Uh, we see in this passage of scripture that, that David came there empty handed, meaning he was fleeing from the enemy. He had no sword and, and he was fleeing from the enemy and, and he got there. And the sword that they had was a sword that he killed the lot Goliath with. And that sword was kept in, in the temple, if you will. And at this point, it reminded David of the anointing that God had placed upon his life. And so today, I want to kind of, we'll get back to that later, but I want to remind the believer, like David, the believer is anointed. David carried the sword of God to destroy the the strongholds in his life. And I'm going to pull out this sword here first. Uh, thank you, boy. When I say that, that ask for some swords, I get them now. Uh, we had three here that was brought into me by the day and, and either laid on my desk or brought in. But this sword here uh, was a sword that was taken off of a Japanese soldier in World War II. And when they surrendered in the Philippines. So this sword's got some history behind it. But what blesses me about this sword is the Lord told us that we need to remember the domain, the power and authority that we have in the Lord. And we need not forget that. And he's been using us and talking about that the last few weeks, that we need to recognize the enemy, that we need to go into the enemy's stronghold and take back what he has stolen for us. And the Lord reminded me that when December 8th hit and, and Pearl Harbor was attacked, 
Man, that was a pretty big giant to the America back in the day, I'm sure. The way their fleet was hit and the way their fleet was, was really not quite destroyed, but put a hammer on us. And so America, they, they needed uh, the God of Israel. They needed the God of Christianity to step up and come against the Goliath, the Germany, and the, the Japanese that attacked our country. And again, this sword was surrendered on that day. And, and it, it's a pretty powerful statement there. But when we recognize the anointing and the position that God has given us to accomplish what God has called us to do, we're, we too are going to move mountains. We see in David's, in the very beginning in 1 Samuel 16, 13, that David was anointed to be king and the spirit of the Lord rushed upon him from that day forward. We talked about that last week. We talked about that the week before, but we need to recognize when we choose the Lord, the anointing rushes on us. David became Saul's armor bearer. Uh, we see that David came in right after that in, in 1 Samuel 16, 21. And David came to Saul and entered his service. And Saul loved him greatly, and he became his armor bearer. Now, this is before Goliath. We see that this anointing brought him favor, authority, even over evil spirits. We see in 1 Samuel 16, 23, that the Spirit of God departed from Saul and evil, an evil spirit oppressed Saul from then on. So we see that Saul, the king of Israel, that David came to be an armor bearer of, we see a spirit, an evil spirit come upon him. And whenever this spirit would have come upon him, 1 Samuel 16, 23 goes on to say, David would take the harp and play it with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well, and the harmful spirit departed from him. Now that ought to make us jump from joy. From David was anointed king of Israel. He was given power and authority, dominion over the things of this world, over Satan's sin, sickness. Here it was, the king of the Israel, God called him to be the armor bearer over. And he goes in there and, and King Saul's got an evil spirit that, that manifests in him. And David had authority over this evil spirit. It's pretty powerful. Pretty powerful. The anointing was given to David to break down strongholds against God's people, Israel. And to establish Israel as a powerful nation. We see that throughout David's life that, that he defeated many strongholds and the end had set up Israel in a powerful way. We see that Israel, when David died, was one of the strongest points in Israel history. They were one of the most powerful nations. Through the anointing, through the anointing of God, he built God's kingdom larger than it ever had been built before. Praise the Lord. That's right. What really blessed me is if you look through David's life, did you notice that David never had a sword? When he killed Goliath, he had stones. And we see at this point, his first sword was the sword of Goliath. And whenever he put Goliath down... He still needed to take him out. So David removed the sword of Goliath and cut off Goliath's head. 
And he took the head of Goliath to Saul. So the first sword that ever was given to David, I believe, came from the anointing and from the Lord through Goliath's hand. You'll see later on that this sword is taken and it's placed upon the altar and we're in in the temple. We're just going to put it here against the piano in the temple. And it was placed over there. We see in the scripture that when David plundered, he took all of Saul's armor. He took all of Saul's possessions. Just like the man that in the story when this Japanese soldier um, uh, surrendered, the man that had this sword took his, his money. He took his sword. He took his rifle and bayonet. And um, he took something else, but he took... All of this Japanese weapons, this American soldier plundered from this Japanese soldier, that sword. Same as David. But he brought it back, and and David, somehow this sword, we see in today's reading, that that sword got into the temple with Amalek. The other sword after that, whenever he's serving Jonathan, and he's back in, and, and David's doing all these great things, And we see that David's out to war a lot against the Philistines. Who gave him his honor then? But Jonathan, David's son. We see that Jonathan in the scripture was David's right. He was the man that 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 was going to heir to the throne. He was Saul's first son. And Saul or Jonathan fell in love with David and loved him so much that Saul, or excuse me, Jonathan in 1 Samuel 18. Samuel or Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was on him and gave it to David and his armor and even his sword and his bow and his belt. And so at this point, the sword that David went to battle with was the sword that Jonathan gave to him. Up to this point, and to be honest with you, I haven't read far enough ahead to see that that David ever owned another sword that was not given to him through the power of God. Pretty, pretty awesome, isn't it? But guys, when we hear these stories, I'm here to remind you, but most importantly, the Holy Ghost is here to remind you that a stronger anointing is on the believer because it's consistent. That anointing that the believer carries around is the Holy Spirit. Amen. And it resides in you. And so the minute of salvation, the Holy Spirit is in you. And then again, I believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That Holy Spirit resides in you and you carry around the sword of the Spirit. Again, which is the word of God. And who was the word of God? But Jesus in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. You carry around the word Jesus. Better quit pointing it at you. But you carry around the word Jesus. In your heart, you carry around the baptism of the Holy Spirit, man makes you even just undoubtedly undefeatable if you stay in him. First John 2.27 says, and it refers that we're to be anointed as kings and queens. But, but again, First John 2.27, but the anointing that you receive from him abides in you. And you have no need that anyone should teach you, but as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, 
just as it has taught you, abide in him. So the spirit, the, the wisdom, the anointing of God abides in the believer. First John 2.20 says, but you have been anointed by the Holy One and you all have knowledge. Every believer has an anointing to do battle the same way David did, to take the enemy's head the same way that David did. I quoted all the time, but, but John 14, 26, Jesus' own words, but the helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. We have been anointed to build God's kingdom bigger than it's ever been built before. Man, we ought to be rejoicing today because the Spirit of the Lord is upon us. Luke 4.18, Jesus' own word. Because he has anointed us to proclaim good news to the poor. He has anointed us to proclaim liberty to the captive and recovery of sight to the blind. To set the liberty of those who are oppressed, proclaiming the year of the Lord's favor. You've been anointed to take power and authority over your life. And guys, this January the 9th, the Lord reminded me that, 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 and told me that we need to be preaching on this because I believe our people don't recognize who they are in me. And it's not a, I'm not putting you down, I'm talking to me myself. We, we don't realize the anointing that we carry and the Lord's saying we need to be aware of the anointing that we carry and we need to go to war. And he said, preach it to them that they have dominion. I thought it was going to be one week, but January 9th, we started talking about it and the three steps that Jesus' own words in Mark three twenty seven. But no one can enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man, then indeed he may plunder. And we talked about that we need to recognize the strongholds in our lives and we need to declare war on these strongholds and we need to proclaim God's victory by entering in Satan's house and taking back and overpowering him through the prayer and proclamation of the word and destroying all his weapons and demonic deceptions and temptations. We need to get in there and plunder, take back your possessions from him. And guys, no weapon formed against you will prosper. And every tongue which rises against you in judgment, you shall condemn. This is the heritage of his servant of the Lord. And their righteousness is from me, says the Lord. So as we talked and used that sword as an illustration today, that, that Japan declared war on America and they tried to press their beliefs, their ideals on America. The Spirit of God came over America and we stood up and took back what the enemy tried to take. Man, but are we doing that in America today? Are we taking back what the enemy has taken away. I believe the Lord was even speaking that, that there's going to be coming attacks against the body of Christ across the world that 9th of January when I was preaching. And I believe it was through COVID and through sickness and through whatever. And guys, since that day, I, I've seen things turned up. 
even against this body. I've had more prayer requests, more, more people coming to me praying for things. Uh, more people had COVID in Oakton than, than ever before this last few weeks. Do you guys realize even on the, the second week after I preached that on the 19th on Wednesday, I, I've gotten a temperature Wednesday before church and, and I just stayed at home. And by the end of the night, I was burning up. I was burning up, but I was also burning in my spirit because I said, Lord, you told me to preach this. And the enemy's using the very thing that I've been preaching against. And Father, come over me because you're bigger than this. And this war went on and on and on. And, and I sweat and I sweat. I couldn't get enough blankets on me. I couldn't get enough warmth. And, and I was putting rags on my head. And, and there was a spiritual battle going on until about five in the morning. And then it broke. And by seven, I was down to 99, I think. And things began to go away. And I went back to work and began to prepare and continue on for Sunday. And then I thought, well, I've been telling everybody if they think they got COVID, they need to test before they come back. And so I tested and I tested positive to COVID. And it aggravated me even the more because the symptoms were gone and I wish I wouldn't even took the stupid test. Not stupid. Got to back up. Got to back up. Because I'm calling me stupid because I took the test, you know. No. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. And so I honored what I asked you guys to honor. And that's when I came back. But I'm trying to tell you is that because the enemy attacked me, that didn't mean I put my sword down and become weak. That means I press into the Lord. Because the second thing is we cannot elect or neglect God's anointing upon our life. Those under the anointing, do you think they're just going to glide through life? You know, uh, when the enemy notices you're anointed, his goal is to destroy you. And so I'm not lifting me up. I'm lifting all of you up to proclaim Jesus as Lord. That anointing is a threat to Satan, and he's out to destroy you. So we need to keep the sword close. We see that David again started with Goliath. And we see that when David killed Goliath and started doing all these great things that, that even Saul began to notice, King Saul began to notice the anointing that was upon David and it became a threat even for King Saul. And it said in 1 Samuel 18, 9, from that time on, Saul kept a jealous eye on David. The enemy will put a jealous eye on the believer and he's got a jealous eye on you because he don't want you to have God. He don't want you to have victory. And so we see that King Saul, that, that David even had the anointing over he begins to try to kill David. David's life did not get easier after the anointing. He began to go into battle after the anointing. Saul tried to kill David many times. The first time that King Saul tried to kill David, his armor bearer, if you will. And the second time is in 1 Samuel 18, 1. And Saul hurled the spear for he thought, I will pin David to the wall. But David avoided him, evaded him twice. 
The Spirit of the Lord was on David. And God called him to be Saul's armor bearer. And he gave him the wisdom to get away. The third attempt we see is that Saul couldn't get to him that way. So Saul thought, I will put him in the battle with the Philistines. And he's wanting to marry my daughter. And he's wanting to sit at my table. And he's wanting to continue to be my armor bearer. And he's wanting all these the, the, to sit with me at the table. So what I'm going to do now is David, and he let the word out, I want a hundred Philistine uh, foreskins. Under the anointing, David went out and got 200. What Saul was using to kill David, God used to bless him. He then got the wife and he continued sitting at Saul's table. The fourth attempt was 1 Samuel 19, 1. When Saul went to his son Jonathan, the one that could have said, well, that's rightfully, I'm the heir to the throne. In 1 Samuel 19, 1. And he spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all the servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted much in David. And so we see this again, this attempt, but Jonathan put a stop to it. The next attempt was in 1 Samuel 19.10, and David throws another javelin at David. And, and, and he eluded that spear as well. But at this point, and this is what I want you to think, and this is just Kent talking here, but I think David's starting to kind of maybe waver because after five attempts, and we see the anointing of the Lord covering him, we see that David ran at this point to Saul, or to Samuel, excuse me. And, and instead of running to God, he runs to Samuel. And you say, well, Samuel was a prophet. He was an anointed man of God. But God had protected him to this point. And we see that Saul pursues him. And, and we see that in 1 Samuel 19. And, and he sends a servant. And then they begin to prophesy with Samuel. Then he sends another servant. And they begin to prophesy with Samuel. And then David, or King Saul himself goes there, and he begins to prophesy as well. We see that when the, when the, the enemy's attacking the men and women of God, the, the Spirit of God evades and comes in and defends. So at this point, David ran back to Jonathan. And I've, again, I just can't talk and make you think a little bit, but he ran back to Jonathan. Instead of running to the Lord, and I'm not saying he was away from God. I'm not saying that he wasn't living like God because, again, in chapter 21 today, we kept ourselves pure. We kept ourselves holy. But maybe he wasn't going to the Lord like he was before. Maybe he was battle-weary. I don't know. I just want you to think a little bit. So he runs to, to, to Jonathan, and, and, and again, for protection. And we see here that uh, he says to Jonathan, what is my guilt in 1 Samuel 20, 1 and 2? What, what is my sin? Far from it shall I die. And so he's, he's doubting and he's beginning to wonder and he's beginning to think maybe he could die. When, when he attacked the Philistine, he wasn't worried about dying. When he was doing these other things, I've never saw in the scripture. And again, I'm not a, a great man theologian, but... But, but I don't see in here fear of death until this point. Had David forgotten 
So Saul was refreshed and was well. And the harmful spirit departed him whenever David would go to the Lord. And sometimes I think that's us, that we see God do great things in our life and we, we, we tell these stories, but, but there's times that, that we're afraid and we're fearful. And we need to remember that the Lord can, can bring these harmful spirits to nothing and depart from us. We even see in 1 Samuel 18, 5, that David's spirit desired to sit at the table with Saul under his anointing, his calling to be an armor bearer. He said, behold, tomorrow is a new moon, and I should not fail to sit at the table with my king. We see in 120 extension B there, that, but it shall be empty. And then you guys know the story of the signal and, and all that stuff and, 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 and all that, but I wanted to tell you, that Saul's response to David not being at the table was in 1 Samuel 20, 27. But on the second day of the day after the new moon, David's place was empty. And Saul said to Jonathan, his son, why has not the son of Jesse come to, to mill either yesterday or today? And then jump down to 30, Saul's anger was kindled. In other words, aroused against Jonathan. And he said to him, you son of, and he gets mad. And in other words, that we see, I believe that, that David was, or Saul was all over the place. But anyhow, I don't want to get into all that. I want you guys to just think a little bit today. So at this point, the arrow thing, and I've heard the arrows preached before. If I shoot this arrow here and they tell you to go, whatever, and that's what happened. Then David fled to the high priest Amalek, 1 Samuel 12 or 21 1, which we read today. And, and the reason I tell you, and, and, and I think that David may have been struggling a little bit because I, I can't see what we read in this story, the perfect will of God, if you will. In other words, 1 Samuel 21, 1, we read today, Amalek was trembling, trembling as a result of fear and anxiety. 1 Samuel 21, 2, David lied to the, the priest Amalek. The king has charged me with a matter. That isn't the truth. He was running from the king. Don't believe we have to lie to accomplish what God wants us to do. You know, it's tax season coming up. I've always preached that we don't need to cheat on taxes for God to bless us. Uh, when we're figuring the bills, we don't need to, to cheat on our, our, our tithe, if you will, for God to bless us. Well, if I had my tithe, I'd have this much more money. We don't need to do that. We need to honor the Lord. We see after that, 1 Samuel 21, 10 through 15, David would leave Amalek and seek refuge among the Philistines. But the other thing that really made me think that Amalek and several other people would be murdered by King Saul for helping David. And, and so when I think about that, you know, there's, there's fear, there's trembling, there's, there's lying, there's, he, he's going to the, the Philistines and, and, and he's, you know, he's doing all these things. They were the enemy. And then Amalek died for David's decision. Had he forgotten, Saul was refreshed and was well and the harmful spirit departed from him. You know, I've been praying for wisdom, trying to figure out, you know, what God, you know, show me your wisdom. And we pray that, you know, the scripture, and we quote it all the time, anyone who asks for wisdom, 
God will give it overflowing. But I was studying more on the wisdom this week in James 3.17. But the wisdom from above is pure, peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy, and good fruits, impartial and sincere. That's God's wisdom. And the wisdom we listen to or the wisdom that we proclaim should manifest these, these things, these results. But, but whether you agree with me that David may be struggling and, and, and again, you get into that, that thought that, that maybe David was in, uh, maybe not in God's perfect will, but his permissive will. In other words, God's permissive will was for me to go full throttle into the ministry. Or God's will for me was going to ministry. My permissive will, in other words, I always wanted to farm. And I'd made good money at Freeman and I'd bought a farm. And, and, and the Lord allowed me to keep those things. I'd run in some cattle and, and I had this place up here. And, and man, things were going pretty good. But God's perfect will for me was to be in the ministry only. But he allowed me to go through that permissive will to get what I wanted to get where he wanted me to be. And to be honest with you, I got lost interest in that farm and I sold it and God blessed me. I think we bought it for 45 and sold it for 98. Uh, you know, the Lord blessed us. And that's what we lived on the first year when we really got full fraud on the ministry. And so, you know, I'm not saying David was out of it. And that's point three, because God does not revoke his calling or his anointing. You see, in the middle of David's struggles, God provided a sword. In other words, David went to Amalek without any weapon at all. He went there. He had run out of there in haste. He didn't have anything with him. And, and he's in the middle of a struggle, and God provides him of a sword. And God provides him the sword that he killed Goliath with. And it was in the, the, the temple of God. And that's a blessing to me because to me, it's a, re a reminder of what God did in David with Goliath. It was a reminding that the anointing that he had, that he took the head of Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, 54. <coughs> God provided the sword of Goliath to remind David that his good accomplishments had not been forgotten by God. And we need to be reminded that, that maybe when we waver a little bit that, or we might make a mistake or whatever's going on, we're just not where we maybe ought to be, that God remembers the good accomplishments that we have. God remembers us. God remembers his love for us. Uh, God is just there all the time, again, to provide us and remind us of the victory that's in Jesus. This sword was a witness that God is there when David needed him. The anointing is a, a witness of a sword that's there when we need God. The sword is a statement that God is greater than any opposition. In other words, all these thoughts, I believe, become right back into David's mind. And I could go on and on and on about all these thoughts that man, it must have been 
so exciting for David. And I was trying to find the words here. This is what David say when he saw that. When, when, when Amalek put that sword in his hand, David took that out and he said these words. Um, I just lost them. And David said, there is none like that. Give it to me. There's none like that. Give it to me. And I think it reminded David of who he was in the Lord. We need to be reminded today that God does not revoke his calling and his anointing upon us today. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, For the gifts and the calling of God are irrevocable. For he does not withdraw what he has given, nor does he change his mind about those to whom he gives his grace or to whom he sends his call. We need to remember who we are in the Lord. And that was Romans eleven twenty nine. 29, I read from the Amplified. God provides a sword, the calling and anointing for believers to do spiritual warfare. The basic necessities for spiritual warfare are salvation, the word of God, and the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And we need to remember these things today. And the fourth point that I close with today is return to the anointing. Stay in the anointing. Stay in your calling. Stay in your position with God. And that's what he's trying to remind us of, that things in this world are going to get tougher, but they're going to get better for those that believe in the Lord. Their anointing is going to increase when the enemy rises up. And we need to remember that God loves us, God has not forgotten us. He's not forgotten our good accomplishments. God is here with us. And God is greater than any of your opposition. Amen. Again, as I was writing this, I believe many of you here today have walked in a tremendous anointing or are walking in a tremendous anointing just like David. But I also believe the Lord even put faces to my mind of people that may be wavering a little bit today. They're not away from God, if you will. You know, they're like David said, you know, we kept ourselves pure and we continue to keep ourselves pure. But are you walking in the total power and authority of the Lord and his calling in your life today? And he showed me faces of people that may be struggling a little bit with that. Remember, he loves you today. He's not forgotten your accomplishment. He is with you and he's greater than any of your oppositions today. So if the praise team would come forward today. I want to thank everybody that brought these out for me to share. This is another one that brought out. The reason I didn't pick it up is it's a big one. And, and I was up here showing off earlier today and and with this little one here and, and did one of these and whipped it out and pointed it and my back popped right there. <laughs> and so I had to go right into, to be honest with you, when that happens, I usually can't walk within 10 minutes. And I had to pray immediately and, uh, and I feel great. But, but the old enemy even tried to attack me with an illustration that I was going to show you guys today. But, but guys, it's time to stay home. It's time to come home if you're away. We need to experience the total anointing that God has for us. And it is wonderful. I can't sit up here and tell you how awesome it is.
I thought I was fulfilled in life before, but when I moved into the calling that God had upon my life, that's when I found fulfillment. And it's different for each one, but, but find out what that anointing is. And if you don't know today, come to these altars and say, Lord, what have you anointed me to do? But if you know what God has anointed you to do and you're struggling, then come to these altars and be refreshed and reminded the same way God will remind you that he did David with the very first sword he gave him. But guys, if you're not saved today, you don't have the anointing of God in your life. God's anointing isn't in the unbeliever. Nor can it be. Can't reside. But when you accept Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, the anointing comes into you and you're baptizing, baptizing the baptism of the Holy Spirit, man, you're just overflowing with anointing. And he's called you. I'm not telling you to raise up. God's saying we need to raise up in these last days. We need to raise up and take back anything the enemy tries to steal from us. Don't sit at home and say, well, I've got it now and quit. Or don't look at our situation and it doesn't look good and quit. Do what Hebrews 11.1 says and when you can't see it, Believe it in your spirit and claim it. Claim the sword of the spirit. Stand to your feet today. Father God, your word has gone out today. And Lord, I ask that, that your Holy Spirit begins to work upon your people today. And Father, move upon us how you will. In Jesus' name, amen.